0: I've been a bummer. I know that, okay? I get it. I'm going to try something a little bit different because today is game day here in Cincinnati. Good morning to you. Good Sunday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is a bonus edition of Daily Shot of Steelers. It generally comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates on those days. But today, here at the newly rechristened Paycor Stadium, it'll be Steelers versus the defending AFC champion Bengals. And it's just not a day to be down. Even here, where it's usually pretty dreary anyway, it's just not a super exciting place. I don't mean to be mean. It's, It's it's Cincinnati on top of that, the skies were all gray and nasty yesterday in advance of what's expected to be day-long showers, including a 48% chance at kickoff at 1.02 p.m. So in that spirit, and I'll explain that in a moment, I'm going to try to come up with More rosy outlooks that are at least feasible, if not likely. I am predicting that the Bengals will win this game and that they will win it handily by a count of 31 to nine. Now, go ahead and bite my head off or switch this off in the moment, but I'm also always happy, happy I say to be wrong. With those things, and often am. So I'm going to consider that possibility as well. And I will start with this. Maybe, just maybe, somebody inside the building at South Water Street will have read enough of a figurative riot act to these offensive linemen to have them adjust what it is that they're doing from the technical to the how to put this, oh, to the AFC North, okay? Let's be real here. If Dan Moore is lining up against anybody right now and just thinking to himself, here's how I'm going to handle this situation from the technical standpoint. Here's how I'm going to handle it from how I do this and this with my hands or I do this and this, he's going to get obliterated because that's what we've seen all summer long and all through the preseason. But if Dan Moore says to himself, you know what, (laughs) I might just go low on this dude because it's Cincinnati, because it's my career on the line here potentially if management were to go and replace somebody, which arguably they already should have done. This, of course, is not Moore thinking this. It's me thinking it, but I'm interjecting it into Moore just because of how bad he's been. I could say the same thing about left guard. When Kevin Dotson came into the league, he was really, really effective. Why? Because he used nothing other than brute force. He shoved guys back 10 yards on run-blocking schemes. This was back when he was replacing Matt Filer. Looked like a legit NFL starter at the position. I have no idea what's happened since then, except for one thing. He's not very mean. He's not very nasty. He's not snarly. He's not what you need to be to compensate when you're not very effective technically. So let's start right there. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported. Academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Beyond that, from the positive standpoint, hey, look, if this team can block, there's a lot this team can do. So when I sound down about this team, whether it's regarding today or anything on down the line this season... (laughs) Believe me, it's not because of the rest of the group. If you look at the Steelers' offensive skill positions, they've got first-rounders and second-rounders across the board. They just don't have any of it on the line. But if you give them time, you're going to get something out of them. What if Mitch Trubisky has time to throw? What if he has a chance to scramble out of there? Not a panic scramble, but one of those orchestrated scrambles. Mitch looks really, really comfortable tucking the ball. It's not something that he does as a desperate last resort. There are times when it looks like it's his second check down, you know, and he has no issue with it whatsoever. What about George Pickens? What about Chase Claypool across the middle? What about Deontay Johnson? What about getting Pat Friermuth into the offense this season early on, establishing a real live, consistent tight end threat? What about all of that? Again, doesn't matter if they don't block, but if they do, there is weaponry there. There really is. And what about the defense? What if they aren't forced to be on the field for 75 to 80 snaps of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and everyone else? What if they're just afforded the opportunity to play with a lead, to get off the field in reasonable time, but also to stay off the field for a reasonable time? I'd like to think this defense can have a significant impact. They certainly do, and they're not wrong. It's a really, really dynamic group. Not just T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick. I know everyone wants to focus on Devin Bush. I've done a lot of that myself, but even his presence, if it's mediocre or worse, gets mitigated by having Miles Jack Right next to him. It could be a really, really, really strong defense. But you want them to stay strong into the fourth quarter. And for that, you need them to stay off the field. You see how hard this is? Do you see how hard I'm actually trying right now to summon these positives? Because it has to begin with the blocking. It has to. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be the old Washington Hogs. It doesn't have to be what the Steelers enjoyed and maybe underappreciated over the last decade with the Marquise Pouncey group. But it does have to be at least competent. If they can get at least competence out of their offensive line, they're going to be competitive today. There, I did it. Positive. Woohoo! When we come back, J1Q. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Cody, who asks, DK, do you think our increased ability to hit the middle of the field on quick routes will negate the poor overall Line play. I understand this is not something that Ben Roethlisberger did as much in his last two years. Actually, Ben didn't do it like hardly at all. And the question that we've all been asking, and I asked in a professional context regularly, meaning in interviewing people, was who was responsible for that? Was that a Ben thing? Was that Matt Canada not wanting to throw over the middle for whatever reason? We couldn't have known then. We'll know now. Because this training camp and this preseason made very, very, very obvious the Steelers' pending passion for throwing over the middle. You will see a lot of it, and you will see it to a lot of targets. You've no doubt heard, seen, and read a lot about Chase Claypool making himself available there. What I'll add to the Claypool thing is that he just looks so comfortable catching a ball there. Not everybody does. Not everybody likes even stepping into that part of the field. He's got no issues with it. He'll go there, he'll get the ball, and he'll turn very naturally looking to get more out of it. I am really looking forward to this component of the offense, presuming it ever comes to pass because of you know what. Pat Friermuth can go there. George Pickens has made plays there. Deontay Johnson can make plays anywhere. But, but, unfortunately, the fairest answer to your question as to whether or not it can mitigate a lack of blocking is no. Because if teams know if they're positive, like at a John Harbaugh stopping on Bell level. You remember those schemes, right? That you can't do something as an offense. They will pound that nail with a skyscraper-sized sledgehammer. They won't try to out-clever themselves. They'll see that you have an inept offensive line, and they will attack it. If you're getting, I don't know, 2.1 seconds to throw, which is what Josh Allen had and getting rid of the ball awfully quickly the other night against the Rams, they're going to work to make it 1.6 and 1.5 before you're left with nothing other than a pitch to the running back. I am not of the mindset that the Steelers have a plan B. For this, They can try to minimize the effect of the lousy offensive line, but they can't run and hide from it entirely. They just can't. Look at it this way. Everyone talks about the pass blocking and buying time and everything else here. What about the running game? What about the running game? Have we almost, all of us, completely forgotten about the running game and all the focus on the quarterback competition and the various wide receivers and how awesome George Pickens is? You have a first-round pick at running back, and he's got to be able to bust loose at some point or other in his career. He can't just keep going for 1.1 yards per carry. You've got to be able to knock some people backward. So I, I, I would emphasize this, if I'm the Steelers, way more than I would on any workarounds. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of Steelers and man, I gotta tell you we've been at this for a while now, you know, for a few months with no actual football and here it comes, or as they say here we go thanks for listening and we'll do another one of these tomorrow from here in Cincinnati